Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, the offseason is finally here. We take a look at the latest surrounding the Jets heading into the fun time after the Golden Knights Stanley Cup victory. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Apologies for the uh, delay in uh, schedule and release of the episodes. Uh, but I, I feel like I had a pretty solid reason. I guess I can get to that in, in just a sec. Uh, but excited to get into it here because the NHL season has finally come to an end. And now the clock starts ticking as the NHL offseason is set to get underway and get underway with the big time bang, I imagine, sometime in the next handful of hours. So we'll do all that, get into it around the Jets, around Vegas, everything that is going to be going on this upcoming NHL offseason uh, as quickly as we can here. Uh, welcome back once again. My co-host, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, who was also away off on vacay over this past weekend. Tyson, how are we doing? Made it back. You made, yeah. We made it back. The, might, might, have, might have been the roughest six-hour drive of my life, but we made it. We made it. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Because we had to shift our schedules a little bit last week because you were off to uh, Brainerd with the boys. It sounds like a, I saw a couple of pictures. It sounds like you guys had a pretty good time. Uh, so that's great. Uh, and then we had to reschedule our schedule this week um, because there's a new baby Ruwiki in the fold. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Me and my wife welcomed in uh, our first uh, son uh, late Sunday night. So congratulations, brother. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very awesome. much. Thank you very much. I did all the work. I got to say, you know, it was, uh, I, I got a standing ovation as well. No, no. <laughs> I almost passed out. That that part actually happened. They like, I, I was so beyond useless. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> the, the midwives and everybody uh, that, that was able to help myself, and my wife, <laughs> were a lot more um, in the know and, and helpful than I was there. But uh, baby's doing good. Uh, wife is doing good as well. So we're just, uh, just figured out life now with two kids in the fold, and yeah, it is. Uh, it's a battle. <laughs> it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a 
tough couple of weeks, months, <laughs> years. But we'll find a way through it here. Um, so, yeah, that was the reason for the delay there. Um, probably can't hear it in my voice right now. I mean, my eyes are just, like, swollen shut. Um, we'll, we'll see if sleep becomes somewhat of a possibility in the next little bit. Um, but excited to do this. Excited to get back to it here. And um, if I have to run out of this episode midway through, then now you guys know why. So we'll, we'll try to get right into the swing of things here uh, before somebody upstairs wakes up and I got to go take on daddy duty again. Um, but before that, let's get into some fun here, Tyson. And we'll talk about the Stanley Cup. I, apparently, every time a Stanley Cup winner happens each year, we have to dissect how that team won and what that means um, for the future of building teams in the NHL. That seems to be a yearly exercise, I guess. We'll get into that or maybe talk about if we even need to be doing that year in, year out. Um, lots to break down from that Golden Knights five-game Stanley Cup victory. And then plenty around the Jets as well. But even with a new kid in the full Tyson, because the listeners and everybody means so much to me, I still went ahead and came up with some trivia here to kick off this week's episode. So we'll still get into it. Um, and I, I thought just because we're on a bit of a tight schedule now, episodes might be a little bit shorter to, 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 to streamline the streamline everything here moving forward. I thought we could do a bit of a lightning round, okay? Sure, let's do it. So, really simple here. We're just gonna go with because we already did Con Smythe trivia a little while back. I thought we could go with just simply this, Tyson. Who was the leading scorer on? each Stanley Cup winning team since the year 2000. Oh, boy. So I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you about three to five seconds, okay? And I'll, I'll, we'll start in the year 2000, work our way. Or do you want to start most recent to latest? Well, let's just do, let's do the early ones first because I wasn't even alive for... Or I was only a couple years oh, old for a couple of those. So <laughs> see so, so, so you want to start with like Vegas first and work our way down or start with... Let's start with uh, 2000. All right. We can certainly do that. And yeah, so I'll just... I'll name the team in the year. And you get about three, five seconds each. Give me who you think was the leading scorer for the team. And we'll see how many you, you tally up at the end, okay? Sure. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. 2000, New Jersey Devils. Patrick Aliash. Ding, ding, ding. 2001, Avalanche. Hey, Duke? No, oh, Sackick. Oh. 2002, Red Wings. Um, I'm going to go with... Fedorov? Stevie Y. Oh. Bit of a rough start here. Not going to get easier with the 03 Devils. Uh, this is a... I know it's a... It's a... Is it... Sergey Breland? No, that's not a bad guess. It's Jamie Langenbrunner. Ah, oh, the Langenbrunner. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, four lightning. Uh, Brad Richards. Nice pull. Good job. Uh, oh, six hurricanes. Um, Ray Whitney. Eric Stahl. Oh, seven ducks. Timu. Getzlaff, Bald Eagle. Actually, he was an eagle back then. He still had hair. Uh, but it was Getzlaff at 07. Uh, 08 Red Wings. Zetterberg. Nice and easy. 09 Penguins. Malkin. Malkin it was. 2010 Blackhawks. Patrick Kane. It was actually Jonathan Taves. Oh, that that's year. right. He had yes. one more point than Briere did. Yes. 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 
2011 Bruins. Ooh, that's a that's a kind of a gross team when you look back at it. Um, I'm gonna go with Krejci. Nice. It was David Krejci. Uh, 2012 LA Kings. Was that Andre? Yep, Kopitar and Brown tied there, so we'll give you that one. 2013 Blackhawks? I'll go Kane this time. There you go. 2014 Kings? Justin Williams? Uh, I was Kopitar again. Ah. 2015 Blackhawks? Kane. It was Patty Kane again, correct. 2016 Penguins? Fill the thrill. Robbed of a con Smythe, absolutely correct. Then the 17 Penguins? Crosby? Nah, he never did. It was Malkin again. Wow. 2018 Caps? Kuznetsov. Yep. 2019 Blues? O'Reilly. Yes. Lightning back-to-back? Point? Oh, you overthought it. It was Kucherov. Uh, uh, then we got the Avs last year. That was McKinnon. No, it was Kale McCarr, you loser. Oh, wow. And then the Golden Knights. I hope you get this one, Tyson. Jack. Jack Eichel. That's right. All right. So I didn't keep track of what you got right or not there, but <laughs> what was it? Was it a great show in either way? Uh, I wonder. I wonder if anybody would have guessed Langenbrunner though, with with the Devils in 03. That that was like the the ultimate tricky I remember, one there. I remember that one being like a like a. Not a big name guy, just yeah. like a nice solid role player guy. But yeah, Jamie Langenbrenner, he's he is a bit of a folk hero in our house too, our, our old household. Ah, that's right. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the many NHL fifteen legends, alongside Hal Gill and Jeff Roy Whitka and the like. <laughs> uh, we won't get into that though. That, that that's a whole different episode. We, we, we yeah, they're just not going to get into that. We need a shrink to to help break that one down. Uh, but all right. Trivia, done. Stanley Cup, done. All of it's done, which means NHL offseason time is officially here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the um, Knights-Panthers discourse to, to wrap things up here, Tice. But people want to know the latest about the Winnipeg Jets as we kind of officially head into it here. Usually stuff never happens the day after the Stanley Cup. Maybe, I don't know if it's out of a sign of respect, whatever it is. Um, but I, I feel like it's what Thursday is going to be here where things kind of officially start to kick off. And let's be honest, this isn't just the, the Winnipeg perspective kicking in here. The jets really hold the cards in terms of how impactful this off season is going to be. And especially after the latest round of rumors and information coming out of the insiders leads you to believe that, it is almost etched in stone right now that the Jets are going to be moving on in some fashion from Dubois, Hellebuck, Shifley, and Wheeler all in the next couple of weeks. And that doesn't even include potentially Logan Stanley, Billy Hanela, one of the veteran defensemen as well. Like it's it's crazy how much in terms of elite high-end talent potentially available, all of that has to run through Winnipeg at the moment, I guess just before we get into some of the specifics here, Tyson, does does anything that we've heard so far surprise you? And do you maybe have a, a sense of which way the Jets are leaning? And when I say that, I mean 
some semblance of a direction for this upcoming offseason heading into next campaign? Like, is, has anything really changed in your mind, or is it kind of it's all systems go as we had thought? It's just going to come down to where some of these guys end up. Well, seeing how these past couple these past couple days have unfolded with Con- with Connor Hellebuck and Pierre Luc Dubois news being at the forefront, I I kind of saw that part coming. But ever since that's come out, I really don't know what the Jets' direction still is. Like, I don't know whether this is going to be a retool, a rebuild, or like this is where things start to get really interesting. And I think, yeah, that now, that, now it's interesting you say that because I actually think the opposite. I think the team has semi been forced into a rebuild-ish type path this offseason. You would think. I don't think they have a choice. Like, I, 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 they might want to be, you know, let's try to find a way to get into the playoffs here. But I, the fact that Hellebuck says no extension, Dubois out the door, we have to imagine Shifley and Wheeler aren't too far off of that. It might just be the reality of the situation that there's not a whole lot we can do about this. Right. And, and maybe you, you get some of these young guys in the in, in the mold and the fix and they find a way to surpass expectations that could always happen. But that that roster that I set up, Tyson, with Lindholm and some of the other kind of win now pieces that that might have been in the mix for the Jets. I, 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 I really don't think that's going to be how the equation is moving forward. And I think it's all because Connor Hellebuck is one and a half feet out the door. That's the big domino. And if he's not coming back, playoffs probably aren't coming back in 2023-24. Yeah, but this team has been so adamant on being a playoff team and getting that extra revenue and making, hey, making the playoffs is hard. And this team takes great pride in making the playoffs. And I agree with you. I think that's the path that should be taken. I think... When I when I I put out my dream offseason, I highlighted that I wanted to go in a new direction with this team and try and bring in a new nucleus, build a new culture. But I think that with some of these deals that could potentially come forward, like I really wouldn't be surprised to see a hockey deal with Pierre Luc Dubois, with maybe another guy who's on an expiring deal, and you bring him in and trying to convince him to sign. Like that wouldn't surprise me in the in the least. With Hellebuck, it gets a little bit hairier though, right? Because what team's going to be trading for Connor Hellebuck that doesn't want to, that wants to keep a lot of their major pieces together? I think Jersey's one of those teams that could still give up players on the roster while still while still maintaining that contender status. But yeah, like it's it's tough, and I kind of I'm almost thinking though, like with how little news has come out about Mark Scheifele, is there even a possibility that maybe he comes back? Does this team? think that hey we only have a one more year left with this let's see where it goes and if our season goes down the drain then we have a the biggest trade piece at the deadline to sell high on i i don't know i i'm really wondering about what exact direction this team's gonna go because like you said connor hellebuck's sort of forcing you into a situation but do you realize the actual situation that you're in as a management group and as an ownership i i don't know if they've totally get that it's time to move on and go into a new phase of Jets hockey. So we'll see in the coming days. And with once we see those trade packages, then we'll finally start to realize like what direction this team's going in. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with much of that. I mean, the one, it, it, I, I think it would take the creativity that we saw from the Danny Briere Provorov trade. I think it would take that level of creativity and three 
consecutive trades from the Jets for them to be a team that you can look at and say that's a playoff roster this upcoming season. I just don't know how realistic that is. Like all of my predications on them getting back into the mix was with Connor Hellebuck in the fold. Without him, it's possible for sure. I just don't see how it happens right out of the gate. To me, this is setting up to be a little bit more of a step back year, but maybe it can be something that's, you know, like a bit of a slingshot, right? You pull it back, you take a step back, but then you release it and it's full systems go after that. And the ironic thing about that, Tyson, is I I think the fan base would be more pumped to get behind a rebuild for a year as opposed to running it back and maybe having a more successful team this upcoming season in terms of points and things like that. I don't know if ownership and management necessarily see it that way, but I think it could be one of those blessings in disguise for the Jets if that's ultimately how it plays out over the next couple of weeks here. And I guess let's just go player by player here, Tyson, quick. And we'll start with the big domino. And that was really, I mean... It was a while ago, I guess, but that that was the big news. And it's the big news heading to the offseason here in that the number one trade chip on the market right now has let the Winnipeg Jets know, according to reports, that he is unwilling to sign an extension. So with that in mind, Tyson, does that mean Connor Hellebuck is 100% on a new team by the time the NHL draft ends? And do you have a place that makes sense for him right now? I don't. I won't fully commit to before the draft. Before July first, though, a hundred percent. Okay. I just wonder if there's. A, I wonder if there's a little bit, a couple hangups there at the draft with some other pieces being moved, and I wonder if if there, like, if the goaltender market starts to run a little bit too. I think then you start to see a little bit more urgency. Like if we see a Carter Hart or John Gibson get traded in the next couple of days before Connor Hellebuck, I think there's a there's a sense of urgency within the Jets organization to maybe get a deal done before teams start grabbing other goaltenders and, and solidifying that position. But if, if for a team, I still think Jersey, I still, I think Jersey's a, a prime place for Connor Hellebuck. I would imagine that's a place that he would consider signing. And then you got on the list. There's LA too, but it seems like LA all from all the rumors, it doesn't seem oh, like LA. We'll we'll get to that, Tyson. Don't you worry. We'll get to LA. I, I got a bit of a doozy from LA plan for you coming up here. <laughs> but yeah, like LA is going to be a team that's looking to make big moves. So I think those are two big options. And then of course you go down to Edmonton. And I think, although if Connor Hellebuck's not going to sign ex- an extension in Winnipeg, I don't know if he will in Edmonton. But as a team. Maybe you get him at a reduced price. I mean, this, that, this is looking at an Edmonton perspective and not a Jets perspective. It would be kind of stupid from a Jets perspective to sell him to Edmonton as a one-year rental. But it may be Edmonton's a team where they think, hey, if we can get close to these trade offers and trying to convince him to play it with, on, on a team behind Connor, Hel- or Connor McDavid, you know, maybe he has a, a tendency to stay and try and win those cups. Because clearly winning a cup is what means the most to Connor Hallibuck. And if you're on a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl for the next six years, you're going to be perennial cup contenders for the next couple of years at least. And that could be enticing to him. But yeah, there's and there's always going to be a team that jumps out of nowhere too, right? Like there's a team that we haven't been talking about that hasn't been mentioned that I feel like is going to make a push for Connor Hellebuck just because there always is a team like that. So I my be- prediction is that he ends up on a surprise team. Yeah, I. Don't know who it is. If I wanted, well, if I wanted to get really ballsy, Maple Leafs have a new GM. 
maybe as much pressure on that organization as there is in Edmonton. You know what I mean? And we've seen Brad Treliving go the stud goalie route before and signing Markstrom to a big deal. Like, I don't know. I, I just wonder I just wonder if they have the pieces. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's very fair. I mean, it would have to be, I mean, if, if the Jets believe in, in that wool backup, uh, you know, if they think he could be a goalie of the future, that's not a bad starting piece to have. And then you try to piece together after that. I, yeah, I, I just wonder, I, I do wonder if it's a sleeper team that kind of comes out of nowhere and, and shocks everybody in terms of a potential Hellebuck deal. Um, but I, Tyson, I, I really think more than any trade the Jets have to make here that this this should be the first one that kickstarts the offseason. I, I, I don't think the Jets should be waiting till after the draft and, and by July 1. I, I think this should be something that happens by the time this weekend comes to an end. I, I really do. And the reason I say that is because one of the things I like so much about the Danny Breer-Provorov trade is what was one of the things that the Flyers did making that move during the cup final? You set the market and you get ahead of X amount of other teams that are looking to move defensemen, right? Hey, we, we know what the market is now and the Flyers were able to go out there and, and get a pretty solid, surprising amount of assets for a guy that has nowhere near as much attraction as, as a Connor Hellebuck does. Right. And some of the names that you mentioned there, Tyson, I, I think, especially with the goalie market, you don't want to be the last team standing when it comes to Hellebuck, Gibson, Hart, and maybe even UC Saros as well, depending on what direction Nashville wants to go in. Right? Like if, if two of those guys get moved, all of a sudden the Jets' leverage is basically zero. And you might be looking at a pretty underwhelming return for an asset that demands a king's ransom. So if you're asking how I go about it, to me... I try to wrap this thing up by the time the weekend comes around and I go out of my way to make sure that Connor Hellebuck is the first goalie off the market. That way I can get as many teams bidding in on him as possible, knowing that I have the best goalie compared to everybody else that's offering somebody. And if you want to talk extension, go ahead and talk extension, but we're getting this deal done. And that gives us some time to work on the Dubois Shafley and whatever else we have in the pot. Yeah. I, I just wanted to add, I did thought of a surprise team for me and uh you mentioned brad Living, a new gm in in toronto well i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the guy who's who he took over for and kyle dubas and i wonder if pittsburgh goes out and takes a big swing on connor hellebuck in this offseason that they make the most sense i think i think they have the worst assets available though that's like that's I, true <laughs> I, I don't know I, from a Jets perspective, I hope he doesn't go to Pittsburgh because I think the package would be horrendous. Yeah, the the only thing is that they have more picks, more so than other teams. But yeah, you're right. Like, what kind of prospects are you giving up? You're looking at uh, Joseph. I forget. I've Pierre Olivier Joseph. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no. I I think fit. I think they fit the best out of any team out there. To be honest, I I, yeah. I I don't think they're going to have the assets to pull it off though. But again, hey, I mean, maybe something crazy happens. And I think that's why you go out and make the move early. I think other teams appreciate that too. And once that first domino falls, you can shift your attention to the other players on your roster that need to be moved. And one of those players, Tyson, of course, is a fan favorite, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Everybody's favorite, number 80. Um, We all know that he's out the door in the next couple of weeks. There's no big news there. I guess the the main 
intriguing little tidbit that popped out is that, and this was from a few different sources as well, is that the LA Kings are quote unquote heavy in on Pierre-Luc Dubois. And this interest dates back to his trade demand with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is so exciting to hear. (laughs) Because when I heard that, Tyson, all I heard was Quinton Byfield, Quinton Byfield, Quinton Byfield, come to <laughs> Winnipeg, right? Like, uh, there, there's, uh, I, I, w- I don't know how likely it is, but I, I think at least the possibility exists there from a king side. If they, like, if they really think Dubois is, you know, maybe a guy that he hasn't evolved into just yet, maybe that opens the door for a potential Byfield deal. Or am I just dreaming here and is a Velarde or a Turcotte a much more reasonable option? I feel like I'm almost the wrong person to ask because I this whole offseason, I haven't thought that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to get that much of a package. I like I really don't. And there's so many there's so many factors that go into it. There's the desire to play in Montreal. I mean, maybe that's way overblown and he's totally fine playing in a city like L.A. or New York or where, wherever. But I, I just feel like there's too much bag, baggage. Like This is a guy who's on his who's going to be on his third team before he hits his 26th birthday. And both divorces have been pretty messy. And I, and I, and I get that once there's a, there's a big center who drives the net and can put up points and plays a bit of a physical game that NHL GMs just lose their mind and get, will do ridiculous things to get him. And yes, he's entering his prime, but the guy's not like he hasn't had crazy number one center production in his career. Like I, I, this whole time, I've honestly thought that Mark Scheifele would get more in a trade than Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he won't. I'll, I'll tell you that he just won't. I'm not saying you're incorrect in in your like logic there, but I mean, we just see all the time too that draft pedigree, and it it shouldn't come into it, but it does, right? Like teams will pay more because he was a top three pick. Shouldn't matter seven years into your NHL career, but I think that's going to play a big, big part into this. Um, I mean, to me, out of the the teams that are rumored to be interested, Tyson, the LA Kings are by far the best option from a Jets perspective, right? Like, even if it isn't Byfield as much as we all want it to be, they've still got a, a treasure trove of, of prospects and picks and things like that. Um, one thing I do wonder about LA, Tyson. And tell me how crazy I am. Because if you want to go for Quinton Byfield, it's going to cost you a little bit more than just a PLD. But if you really wanted to sweeten the pot here, like if you really, like if you really went out of your way to make sure that Byfield was a Winnipeg Jet this upcoming season, what does a Dubois Hellebuck trade to LA get you? I feel you go the top two prospects and you go for Byfield and Brant Clark. Right? Yeah. Right? And like, and obviously like some salary would have to come back to Winnipeg in that deal just to make it work. And so there'd be like other picks from Winnipeg, right? Like all this stuff going on. But like, I like to get my shopping done in bunches, Tyson. <laughs> and maybe this is the easiest way for Chevy to go out there and hit a whole... If you, I don't even, I honestly might not even care what else goes LA's way. If they sent Hellebuck and Dubois to LA and got Clark and Byfield out of that equation, I think it would be a massive, massive home run. And the the Jets would be in a great spot in the future. 
they'd probably suck this upcoming season. But you're talking about getting high-end talent for high-end talent. That might be the only way, or at least it's the highest ceiling way, for the Jets to have guys like that in the fold for the foreseeable future. I'll tell you what, this team's done a pretty good job, even though these guys want out right now. This team's done a pretty good job at retaining players that have spent a lot of time here in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Like, this is Hellebuck's, this would be his, you know, third contract with the team. You have Ehlers, Morrissey, I mean, Shifley resigned, Wheeler, re- all, you can go up and down the list. The Jets do a pretty good job. And making Byfield and Clark the face of your franchise, I, I could see a scenario where they come in, they each get 20-plus minutes a night, and yeah, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad in Winnipeg, and I'll make a pretty decent amount of coin in the meantime. That, that yeah. to me, is by far the best-case scenario. I just don't know how realistic it is. That is very intriguing. And by the sounds of LA, like what they want to do, I don't think it's that crazy either. Like, I honestly don't. Like, I could see LA really taking a big swing and saying, hey, like, this is our this is our time now. We need we need to maximize this Andre Kopitar yep. run for as much as one we more can. year on his contract. Yeah. And yeah, that would be because Brent, like a big right handed defenseman to play with Morrissey or, or even just have his own pairing. And just staple down the top four, like it's, it's so intriguing. And you're right, like it's that is stating a new culture for a team. That is, look, we are moving into a new era of Winnipeg Jets hockey, and I think from there you can market them a lot better. Oh. You can change the jerseys and get the, and make the Heritage Classics the official full time jerseys. Like there's a, it's a it's a marketer's, you know what dream. Like it's <laughs> this, it would be. I think that would be perfect. It's it's perfect. It is, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's not gonna happen because it's such a good idea, which is upsetting. <laughs> but man, like, man, I just and I think fans would be so beyond Jack to get behind that, right? Like, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's a complete reset and everything like that. But you know, having said that too, like, there's a chance Byfield and Clark could come in right away, and why couldn't Byfield put up 60, 70 points this year? Why couldn't Clark yeah. come in and not not I'm a car, but like you know a young guy that comes in and is able to give you twenty plus minutes a night, right? Like it's it's not insanely likely, but I think it's within the realm of possibility too. Um, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, if you want to talk about cold water being thrown on things, uh, Murata Tesh of the Athletic with a few different PLD trade proposals had Gabe Velarde, Victor Arvidsson, and a third round pick coming back from LA for Pierre Luc Dubois. That might be a little bit more realistic, um, but nowhere near the enticement of Byfield and Clark with Hellebuck there. Um, hope, hopefully, it's the hopefully it's the uh, the one that we brought up there. But we'll see. That that's going to be an ultimate game of chicken, Tyson. I mean, that's one of those ones where it's a, like you want to get deals like that done, but with the amount of prospects LA has, I can see why they want to maybe just go quantity over quality and try to overwhelm the jets with something like that and then throw LA's, in center and i follow for for salary cap purposes yeah la's gonna hope that the jets take that offer like if gabe velarde's hurt all the time and victor arvidsson's victor arvidsson a good player but like that if you're making that trade i feel like that's just a dire- directionless move where you're grabbing a younger piece and you're grabbing an older piece and it's sort of that well, we'll see how the season goes again this year. It's like that really, really turns me off. Like it's like it's either one or the other. I, I no more of this one foot in one door, one foot in the other. Like that's let's pick a direction. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. The one prediction I will make with the Dubois trade Tyson is I think that one more than any of the other ones will have a defenseman attached to it. Either a Logan Stanley or a Vili Hainala might just yeah. come down to whichever one the team that's acquiring Dubois would be most interested in. And maybe we see, you know, one go with Dubois, one go with Shifley in a trade. I I don't know, but I, I think especially with Dubois, that to me makes the most sense in terms of extracting the most value out of him, throwing in one of those guys to maybe jump up either around or from a B prospect to an A prospect. That makes the most sense to me. I mean, some of these guys got to go on the back end anyways. It, it might end up being the ultimate win-win for the Jets. So I would say Hellebuck and uh, Dubois, maybe not the package that's going to happen, but do not be shocked whatsoever if we see a Dubois-Stanley or a Dubois-Hainala package head to one of these destinations, whether it be an L.A., a Montreal, a Colorado. I, I really don't buy Montreal. I, I'll be shocked if he goes to Montreal. I, I really just don't think that's going to happen. But Colorado makes a lot of sense to me, Tyson. And I know he's been underwhelming, but I could I could see an Alex Newhook type package coming back Winnipeg's way, and the Jets hope that Newhook is able to find his footing with maybe a bit more of an elevated role with the Jets. So I, I would I would go L.A., Colorado, then New York as the three likeliest destinations for PLD. But we will see what happens over the next uh, several days here. Interesting, you mentioned this too, Tyson. It is really quiet around Mark Shifley. Is there like, is there anything to that, or is it just that the other two have more newsworthy items at the moment? That's what I'm saying. Like, I really do. I have a feeling that he's going to be on the Jets come opening night. That and, would be upsetting. And that's it's. This is sort of the concern with not picking a direction, right? That we've been harping on for so many weeks now is that I really don't know if Mark Shifley's going to be I don't think he's going to get traded I honestly don't I think he's going to be a Winnipeg Jet come October 2023 yeah I mean you just you, you can't do a culture reset with Shifley and Wheeler still in the building it's, it's just not possible I, I would say I would what I do feel confident about is that I think he will be the last of the the big three to be moved. Yeah. When that is, I'm not totally sure, but I wouldn't be, sh- I wouldn't be ringing the alarm bells. If he was still a jet after the draft, I'm, I still feel pretty confident though, that he's ultimately going to be moved here by the club. Um, Again, just strictly for the fact that to kind of officially turn the page over, the only way you're going to be able to do that is by shipping guys out. We saw the team try the half measure last year. By stripping the C off Wheeler, and it worked for half a season, and then we saw the same old team pop up way too often. And I think you're going to just see the same thing happen again if you go that route, trying to. Well, maybe we could trade him at the deadline. He'd be the number one asset there. Well, great, you're tanking and wasting another season and everybody's time here in terms of trying to accelerate the Jets back into a high end contender. Well, and that's what I mean. Like every everyone in Winnipeg last year knew that Mark Shifley was a problem. Not with his not with his offensive play, but with the defensive side, the effort side. And everyone in Winnipeg's heard a different rumor about Mark Shifley in the locker room, right? Like this it's not it's nothing new. And that's why I have a lot of concern because if we all saw it last year when he was pretty much begging to get traded in his in his exits end of season interviews, what's the change now? 
where his value is probably worse than it was last year. You maybe you go into the season and hope that he continues a torrid pace, and then you move him a couple months into the season for a similar return that you would have gotten last season. I I I really wouldn't be shocked if he's not traded this off season. Well, either way, Tice, we'll get some answers soon here. Uh, let us know what you guys think on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki at Tyson Rewiki at Skates Plates Pod on the latest for the Jets as we officially head into the offseason here with the action set to kick up a notch over the next couple of days. We'll find out answers to all this. The buyout window is soon to be open as well. We'll see if the Jets activate that with Blake Wheeler or if they can find a trade partner for their former captain. Quickly, Tyson, because we got to wrap it up. The Vegas Golden Knights, a sentence we all thought we would hear just a few years ago, are Stanley Cup champions after steamrolling the Panthers in the final four games to one in about 30 seconds to a minute. What should be the takeaway from Vegas winning the title? Stop being wusses. That's what that's what GMs should should do. You know, like take a risk every now and then. Don't just sit on your hands and hope that you can go into an off season and you'll find the perfect deal for the perfect player and you can just have them and get them at a discount. Like you got to go out there and you got to do it, make a move. And you even look at the, like the Knights. How many drafted players do they have on their team? I don't think I don't I don't think they have a single one. Single player that was drafted as a Vegas Golden Knight. Yeah, maybe Nick Waugh. And oh, I guess Colsar would have been, but yeah, I mean it's, right. it's very very few. Yeah, so you know like if you're building a team, yes, the draft is good, but then you're waiting. Like that's the only problem with rebuilds is that if things don't pan out your way, then you're waiting and waiting and waiting. You need to constantly, even in a rebuild, you need to constantly be looking at ways to add to your team to bring in high-end talent because that's what's going to win you Stanley Cups. It's not having good, like, good depth is a big part of it, but if you have good depth and not a lot of star power, you're not going to win. Vegas didn't win at their first runaround. Then they go out and they add Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, and Alex Petrangelo. That's, that's what teams should be doing continuously look for high-end talent to bring into your organization yeah i i would heavily agree with that um how dare you by the way forget paul cotter um and nick Haig as the draftees by the golden knights that 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 is just insanity obviously zach whitecloud shout out manitoban undrafted um free agent but that's just mind-boggling and I know they're under a new team and all that, but to have so few drafted players make an impact, it's it's beyond shocking there. I would I would add on to that, Tyson, and I think Seattle is a great example of this as well. Give guys a chance. Yeah. That that to me has been the great success of both the Knights and the Kraken. Like everybody knows the players that these two teams picked up, but guess what? They got a chance to play more than five minutes a night. A lot of the times it probably won't work. But I wonder too if a guy like Johnny Kovacevic getting an opportunity with Montreal finally after being the ninth defenseman on the Jets depth chart. He's a top four guy now. Just because he got a chance. That was it. He just got a chance to play actual minutes. I think that to me, maybe not necessarily even how you build a cup contender year in, year out, but like 
for a team like the Jets, for example, that's kind of in the middle, to go from the middle to elevate yourself, give guys a chance. Maybe give a guy that was an AHL, NHL tweener 18 minutes as a forward over the span of a couple of weeks. And maybe you have something there. And if you don't, well, guess what? You found out that the guy isn't able to work out for you. But for every guy that doesn't work, you might find yourself a Willie Carlson off the scrap heap for absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? You might find a a Braden McNabb or whoever else it might be just because they were given an opportunity. And I think especially for a team like the Jets, that needs to be the road they go because it's so difficult to attract players. They're not a destination like Vegas is. Be the team that gives some waiver wire. A guy that is traded for a fifth-round pick. Give these guys a chance to play significant minutes for you, and they will reward your loyalty by re-upping with the team and helping you out, right? Because you gave them a shot in their career. And I think that, to me, is maybe the most impactful lesson the Jets can take from Vegas, aside from your right. Go nuts. Trade for everybody. Let's build an exciting team that way. Yeah, and even the current Winnipeg Jet, Nino. Like he was, he was considered one of the biggest busts in the NHL for the longest time. And then the Islanders finally moved on from, traded him to Minnesota for Cal Clutterbuck. And then he blossoms into, I mean, he wasn't the star that everyone projected him to be, but he, he turned into a very yeah. solid 25, 30 goal scorer in the NHL. Got a chance. That was it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we see that a lot with, uh, with a lot of NHL teams and skilled players, especially. Give us a chance, baby. That's all we ask for. Um, still wild that we're saying Vegas Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champs. And um, no, I'm not absolutely infuriated that my buddy Jordan picks a team that didn't exist seven years ago and is immediately <laughs> celebrating the Stanley Cup parade and the victory and all that. Yeah, it's just... Uh, all right. Saturday well, night Saturday night on the Strip, too. Did you see that? Good. How do they survive? Good Lord. <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't know how anyone's gonna survive. God bless them. That's gonna be amazing. That that might be the greatest parade in in sports history. That's gonna be absolutely bananas. Uh, hopefully, we get some fireworks of our own before that, though, Tyson. As the NHL offseason gets underway, and we'll see if the Jets are the ones to kick things off. And I'll tell you what, as well, if you are listening right now, because I got a new one in the fold. It's going to be a little hectic to uh, have our normal schedule for the next little while. Uh, This will be the only episode of us for the week here planned as of now. But whenever there is a major move by the Jets, we'll make sure we get a podcast episode out and up and ready to go the next day. Um, But we do plan on getting back early next week. I have some travel coming up uh, late next week. So we'll do one episode again next week. And then hopefully in two weeks time, we'll be able to get back into a two episode a week swing but just a heads up in terms of scheduling this should be the last episode of the week here and then we'll get back at it on tuesday morning breaking down any potential moves or non-moves made by the jets and the rest of the nhl until then though thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of skates and plates right here on the hockey podcast network i'm your host brandon rewicki cjob's tyson rewicki with us once again Have a great, safe weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Enjoy the NHL offseason. It's finally here, everybody. Peace.